Welcome to The Portable Pastor, a podcast of relevant biblical teaching, linking ancient truth with today's challenges. Each week, Pastor Mike will share God's Word to help you and remind you that God is pro-you. So download the outline from fbcclover.life and get ready to hear today's teaching. Here's Pastor Mike. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for tuning in again to the podcast. This is the Portable Pastor Mike Stafford coming to you from my Clover Blue Eagle office. It's a beautiful day here in Clover, South Carolina. I hope it's as equally nice as it is here for where you are. Let's go ahead and jump into this thing. Last Sunday, we started looking at Jesus' teaching about prayer in the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus taught us the importance of secret prayers And we looked at that last week. His teaching informed us of the necessity of prayer, the hypocrisy of fake prayer. Then he talked about the secrecy of prayer and finally the reward for prayer. And what we took away from that teaching is that we are to prize the practice of prayer, you know, to value that privilege of talking to God. We're to protect the privacy of prayer, you know, pray in secret and 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 do that a lot without any interruption. And then finally, presume God's presence in prayer. He's going to be there when you address him. And the main point of that sermon that we learned last week is that God values sincere, private prayer. Today, we're going to look at the next teaching by Christ concerning prayer, and that's the need to keep prayers simple. Turn in your Bibles, if you're not driving, to Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. Now, I love this topical teaching by Jesus. Okay, I've I've loved all of this so far. It's so practical, but this teaching on prayer is the most practical of all of it. And so that practicality hit me. It convicted me. It charged me so much, so much in the last two weeks. And I, I need to confess something to you today. I hope I'm not hurting my reputation as a as a pastor when I share my weaknesses, but but I always want to be honest. Okay. I always want to let you know that I struggle too. And so let me be just really honest today. When it comes to prayer, honestly, sometimes I just stink at it. I I really think I stink at prayer sometimes. For example, you know, I'll tell somebody in the hallway when I want to hurry, you know, and they tell me a prayer request, I'll pray for you and I'll have every intention to do so. But then sometimes I'll forget. If I don't stop and do it right then, or I write it down right then, there's a chance I might forget. So I would say, if you're asking me to pray, you know, just expect, you know, and even demand that I pray for you right there, right there when you ask. Now, not only that, but sometimes when I pray, I it's so weird. I try to tell God things that he already knows, you know, like, like last week, my, my prayer was, God, it's, it's horrible down here that the, the South Carolina so-called conservative Republican senators, they just voted down the abortion bill that would have ended 99 point something percent of all abortions in South Carolina. But God, they got scared and they caved. They're such weaklings, God. And they did that, by the way. God, God already knew that. But when I pray like that, you, you, I don't, it's almost like I assume God's going to go, what? Really? Are, are you serious, Mike? Well, of course he already knows that. But sometimes I pray like I'm educating God. Uh, another weakness of mine when it comes to prayer is that sometimes I pray and I use that prayer to teach or encourage people to act instead of just talking to God. Let, let, let me explain. I, I want... I want you to react to God's message after a sermon so badly 
that, that I might use that prayer that opens up the invitation time to encourage you or or even convict you like like it's my prayers that do that. I know that it's only God's spirit that brings conviction. It's only his spirit that brings spiritual change. But I sometimes I try to do that in my prayers anyway. Another thing is that sometimes I pray in public and, and I get into a sentence that I can't end well. You know, it, it, it ends up just going on and on and on. I get into this thought and and, and I, I just babble on until I, I finally come to a, you know, a big conclusion, a real doozy in, in prayer. I get stuck in that thought and I want it to ring in people's ears and it just doesn't come out right. And I know that in times when I do that, you're probably left thinking, you know, what what, what did he say? What did he say? <laughs> and finally, I stink at prayer when I get busy. I get busy and I and I hit God up real quick and, and then get on with my with my plans. I've I've been guilty of saying, all right, before we get on the road, let me let me pray real quick. Let me address God real quick. Then I, I quickly ask for his blessing without even letting him respond. That, that's just arrogance. That that's wrong. And I know what you might I know what you're probably thinking, Mike. You're you're being a little too nitpicky. You're being a little hard on yourself. Well, let me ask you this. Isn't communication with with the one true living God, I mean, isn't communication with him who's overall worthy of all things, you know, worthy of good, sincere conversation, isn't communication, shouldn't it be doing that? I, I, I think so. After all, what what is prayer really? Remember what we learned last week, okay? It, it's two-way communication with an almighty God. Yeah, it's as it's as basic as breathing. You know, we we breathe out our expressions to God. We breathe in, taking in how He responds. But ultimately, ultimately, it's worship. How how well should we worship? How well should we pray? So in that light, I say I I, I just stink at prayer. I do. And, and while we're being honest, while I'm being honest, would you just be honest? Would you admit that you're really not that good at it either? Let me let me let you in on a little secret here, okay? God knows that we shall we we fall short in prayer. We 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 stink at it. Why do you think he he quickly hits so many topics in this sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, and and then when he gets to prayer, he includes a more detailed teaching on it. He knows we're not good at this. Communication is is a weakness of all of all mankind, including Christians. So we have to get better at this. He knew this. I mean, think about it. With all the ways that, that we've invented to enhance communication with one another, with, you know, to get the word out, we're, we're still actually not very good communicators. Jesus knew that we would struggle communicating with God, so he had to teach on this. And we have to be more focused and intentional in our prayer life. Jesus knows that, so that's why he's teaching us about prayer. So let's hear what he said. Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Jesus taught that His followers are expected to pray. Now, he mentioned this last week, but he mentions it again. Remember last week, we looked at verse 5, and it says, And when you pray... He repeats that word when again in verse 7. And when you pray, you see there's an expectation by Christ to pray. 
There's an expectation for communication with his followers. He said it twice in this teaching. Jesus always chose his words carefully. He intentionally repeated this word. He said when, not if. But we covered that last week, so we'll we'll move on to the next thing. Jesus taught us to that that extra words do not increase God's listening. That phrase, heap up empty phrases, is batalageo in the original language. In the New American Standard, is translated to use meaningless repetition. That's a great translation because the phrase means to repeat the same things over and over, to use use idle words, and a lot of them, to babble with, with little forethought. So people think that Batalageo was, was derived from a man named Battis, who was a, he was a king. He was a king in, uh, of, of Cyrene, and, and they said that he stuttered real bad. Now, others think that this word came from another man, uh, another man named Battis, who was a, a very well-known pro- uh, poet, but he was very wordy. I mean, his poems were long. But whatever the origin, the original hearers of this sermon recognized that Jesus meant to be wordy, to repeat things over and over. Now, I've come to realize that that people pray this way, so they use it as a filler. You know, it just kind of fills in. Let me, let me just give you a couple of examples. Peace. People use God's name to to fill in the pauses of their prayers. Listen, Father God, I come to you, Lord God, in the name in your name, Lord Jesus, to ask ask you, God, for your blessings today, God. Please, God, hear our prayers, Father God. What would you think? What would you think if I started a conversation this way? I've got a friend here works with me, Pastor Greg. If I went into his office and I said, Pastor Greg, I've come into your office today, Mr. Greg, to ask for your help, Elder Greg, and request, hmm, no, not request, but beseecheth you, Brother Palmer, to help me in this most important of tasks, Greg, Pastor Palmer, Elder Greg. <laughs> what, what would you do if you heard me say that? What would you do if I addressed you that way? I know what you'd do. You, you'd, you'd leave or you'd call the psych ward. I'm obviously deranged. But, but people pray like this. Why? Well, Jesus taught that repetitive names do not cause him to listen harder. If anything, they probably cause him to, I think, to slap his forehead and say, you know, Jesus, are, God's saying, Jesus, are you hearing this? Tell me again why, why we chose him. He's weird. Well, people do the, the same kind of repetition, not with names, but even just rewording their requests to God as if they repeat them over and over and over. He will listen more and be apt to answer them in the way they want. So they pray, dear God, please help Haley with her test today. And we can say amen right then, but we don't do it. Oh no, what do we do? Dear God, please help Haley with her test today. Lord, would would, would you cause her to have a, a holy recall of the information? Would you, would you, with the assistance of your Holy Spirit, help her to bring up the answers from the deep recesses within her mind? To answer each and every question correctly. Give her the answers, God. Give her the knowledge of the material and the wisdom to use it for the glory of you and to get a good grade. God, bless Haley with the ability to write what's in her mind on the uh, on the paper in such a way as to impress the teacher and be counted correct in this test. You see that? It's just a repetitive thing. It, all you had to say was, dear God, please help Haley with her test today. But no, we go on and on and gone. 
I know God probably slaps him, himself in the forehead again. He says, good grief, I got it. Lord, have mercy. What am I saying? I'm the Lord. This parent is driving me insane. I heard him the first time. But people pray like that. It's got to drive him crazy. Do, do you know people who pray like that? If you do, when they start praying like that, just tap them on the shoulder and say, he's got it, honey. You, you, you can shut up now. <laughs> The problem is not in the asking, okay? The request is good. You're to go to God with your request. It's okay to ask for help. The problem lies in the overly religious use of words in order to try and earn his, you know, positive response to our request. It's just empty religious practice. God doesn't respond to mere religion. He responds to those in relationship with himself. Remember that. If you think about it, the, the religious words themselves can become the object instead of God's action being that you know desired out outcome. People want to say people want to say it right more than they they want it answered. You know that they they want to be able to get their thoughts right more than what they want God to move. Why? Why would God even listen to people who are just talking to hear themselves talk? He's not going to do it. Jesus makes it clear that extra words do not increase God's listening. In fact, common sense teaches the opposite. The next point Jesus makes is that godless people babble on in prayer. Jesus said in verses 7 and 8 that the Gentiles pray like that. What does he say? Don't pray like them. You see, the Gentiles that he's speaking about are the pagan Greeks, the Romans. They had multiple gods, and they were constantly trying to get their attention. Both groups had the practice of, of repeating these prayers to those false gods over and over and over. And honestly, why wouldn't they? We do. It's easy for us to get accustomed to vain repetitions, repeating the, the same words in our in our daily prayers. God is great. God is good. Let us thank. <laughs> now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord and on and on. And the worst is the, I mean, it's repetitive in the song. God, our father, God, our father, once again. <laughs> you know what? We can utter those words <clears throat> with no thought of God whatsoever. We can focus on the tune. We can focus on a child's enunciation. It's, it's just so cute. Or, or even we can focus on trying to stay together. But instead of thinking about our words and, and letting them come from our heart, we focus on other things. We, we kind of go mindless when we say them. Now, we should be focused on, on God in prayer. We should honor Him in our hearts. And when we do that, when we do this this. When we go mindless and we focus on other things, we're, we're really no different than a, a devoted Catholic saying multiple Hail, Hail Marys for cussing, or a football team chanting real fast the Lord's Prayer out of superstition or for good luck. Look, e even Christian worship, worshipers, even worshipers use overly repetitive songs to, to escape the moment. They turn off their brains and just want to enter into this euphoric spiritual state. Mindless praying like this is just like what the pagans did. It's of no use to, to anyone. It's of no value to God. Jesus taught that godless people babble in their prayer. We're not to be like them. And then he taught, then, then he taught his followers that educating God in prayer is pointless. 
What did Jesus say in the second part of verse 8? For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Now, now don't confuse this with agreeing with God on something, okay? God, I sinned again and I'm sorry. That's a prayer in agreement. You're in agreement with God about the nature of your action. But if you pray, God, the Senate just booted the abortion bill back to the house, you're just telling God what he already knows. How annoying is it when people come up to you and tell you what you already know? I mean, it's fine when a, when a child tells you how to count to 10. You say, yay, yay, and you celebrate their learning. But, but if I were to do that to you, you would assume that I thought I was smarter than you, that, that, that you're an idiot or something. We're not smarter than God. He already knows everything. We, we have no need to inform God about stuff. We simply agree with him on the nature of the situation. And there, therein lies the truth about people who do this. They, they know something that God doesn't, or at least they think they do. Can I be blunt? Most people who pray like they're educating God do so for the sake of other people listening. They're not even thinking about God. Look what I know. That's their real motive. That's pride. That's a big no-no. So Jesus says educating God in prayer is pointless. Just agree with God that something is good or bad. Ask for his intervention and leave it up to God. So that's his teaching. His followers are expected to pray. Extra words do not increase God's listening. Godless people babble on in prayer and educating God in prayer is pointless. Okay, that's the teaching. So what's the takeaway? What are we to apply to our lives? Well, just like last week, I got another duh statement for you. Okay, when I say it, you're going to go, well, duh. Okay, here it is. Pray simple prayers. Just pray simple prayers. That's it. Everything beyond that is just filler or, or bragging rights. The lesson really is that simple. Pray simple prayers. Next week, we're going to look at the, the Lord's Prayer. It's the simplest prayer in the world. Jesus used plain words. He used them in short sentences with maximum thought and good intentions, pure intentions to talk to God. We're going to look at that. But today, we know that he intends for us to pray sinful, I mean sinful, <laughs> no, to pray simple, full-minded, heartfelt prayers. We must learn to do this. So I ask you, Christian, will you commit to the teaching today? Seriously, will you commit to, to live up to God's communication expectations? He, he desires, he expects you to talk with him, to listen to him. He expects that. He said, when you pray twice, remember, will you live up to his expectations and communicate with him like you're supposed to? Secondly, will, will you commit to check your prolonged prayers? Hey, look, it's okay to pray a long time. Long conversations are good. Long conversations with your spouse is really good. Long conversations with God is exceptionally good. But lengthy prayers are not okay when you pray to heal yourself. When you, when you pray to heal yourself, try to be righteous. Or, or when you pray just to be heard by others, to impress others. So check that prolonged prayer. You don't need that to be wrong. Thirdly, will you commit to avoid mindless prayers? You know, those short sing-songy sing kind of prayers, they're okay if you're a child. You're learning to focus and talk to God. That's okay. But as a maturing believer, you should have already moved on from this. You should have already learned how to, to keep your mind engaged with, with, the, with the focus with, with God. Now, 
we, we got to seek to have grown-up conversations with God. And fourthly, would you commit to recognize God's knowledge in your prayers? God's smarter than you. He's wiser than you. He knows what to do. Yield to his wisdom. Yield to his decision. Agree with what he says about a matter. And then ask for his intervention. Christian, would you commit to, to making your prayer life a, a little better today? He wants it. You'll benefit from it. It's a win-win. I'm going to try. I've got to try. I've already been doing this better this week. Let's learn and apply this together. But non-Christian, would you first agree that, that you need salvation from your sin? You can't have a conversation with God because of your sin. He can deal with your sin. The Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin for our benefit so that we might achieve the righteousness of God. You see, God takes our sin, puts it on, on Jesus on the cross. He takes the righteousness of Christ and puts it on us. That way we can have a conversation with him. You're never going to get better at prayer if you do not even know him. Why would you communicate with someone you don't know? You're not going to do it. So would you give your life to Christ? Would you be saved for eternity and open up the lines of communication? Would you vow to follow him, his teaching, and live for his glory? If you would, it's just a prayer way. Just tell him. Just tell him. Tell him you're a sinner. Tell him you need saving. Tell him you want to talk to him. Ask him to be Lord of your life and to save you for eternity. He'll do it. Just pray that prayer and he'll do it. Well, look, if you'd like to start an online conversation about any of this, you can email me at mike at fbcclover.com. I'll talk with you about anything. Let me pray for us, and then I'll cut you loose. Father, thank you for teaching us how to pray. Help us to get better and to use perfect communication with you. We'll do it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope that was a blessing and a benefit to you. Come back next week. We're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer. We're going, the sermon title is Sacred Prayer. And so come back next week and hear that teaching. But until then, have a great week. Uh, if you need anything, want me to pray for you, email me, mike at fbcclover.com. But if you're walking with Christ, if you are step for step with Him, remember, He is very much pro you. Be blessed. Thanks for listening to the Portable Pastor Podcast. Pastor Mike serves as pastor at the First Baptist Church in Clover, South Carolina. FBC Clover is a church that focuses on loving God, loving people, and making disciples. For more information about our church and our ministries, or to make an online donation, go to fbcclover.com or email us at fbcclover at gmail.com. Until next time. Be blessed, and remember, God is pro-you.